you are unfortunately in charge of your own decisions. En mysteriernas tid. En magisk värld. En värld byggd av myter och legender. Ereb Altor. What we have here is Wilhelm running us through the classic Swedish RPG Dragons and Demons. Tad plays Yana, a barbarian. It's more of a hunter-ranger type barbarian, not a D&D berserker barbarian. And I play Zygmunt, the hedge wizard. Enjoy. So basically, we have a thief and a mage. I guess you are a thief. You have a pickpocket of nine, but, you know. <laughs> You're a thief in the sense of Conan the Barbarian being a thief, right? Right. I'm just not expecting to really be opening opening up bellies the way I would expect sure. Conan to be able to open up bellies. Looking at these characters, I mean, most of them have kind of a, a basic, their competence is around 50%. Sure. Since you picked... Sigmund and Yana, uh, we're, we're probably not going to be, be doing a whole lot of like deep combat exploration this time. If it pops up, cool. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. All right. It depends. I mean, if you want to pick a fight, we can always try that. It's okay. We'll find some school children or something. Yeah, well, I might be able to work something out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, you have uh, traveled with this greater um, group the rest of the four, these four peeps, uh, for some time around the uh, southern inland ocean, the, the Copper Sea, uh, which is kind of like a fantastical Mediterranean. I think uh, either Sigmund or Jana, your, your native home uh, lies in kind of like the central um, continent near a mountain chain. If you're looking at the the map, it'll be in kind of like the middle of the map. There's a there's a picture of a like a bowman with a green shirt or something. That area, that kind of forested place. It says Landori and Torshem and Nidasbergen and so forth. It's up by the rivers in in the mountain area. It's turning into autumn. It's beginning to turn into autumn uh, up there. And there's a particular religious holiday, right? There's a religious festival that goes on every every harvest every every harvest uh, time every year and so you've decided to return uh and partake in it there's usually some uh at least a small amount of free food and there's uh, good times and um uh it'll be a welcome respite from from all the the hard roads you've been traveling down here uh so you've set off uh up into the woodlands you've come somewhat far uh already you're you're in the woods in the Landori woods, woodlands, uh, which are predominantly beech trees, maples, oaks, somewhere in the further on in the in the foothills, in the mountains, you'll you'll find uh, larch and pine trees. But um, down here is mostly leafy, leafy goodness. Great big airy wooden uh, halls, essentially, or or forest halls, hallways, pillared hallways. <laughs> You've uh, joined a. Um, uh, like a peddler and his uh, his uh, uh, I think he's like a like a coal burner or something a friend of his uh, who are also returning uh, from their their travels abroad. I don't know what a coal burner would be doing down in the south. Maybe he visited family or something. But these two are Baros and Amtan, and Baros is the merchant. Amtan is the coal burner. 
and you've been sharing a campfire, you've been sharing uh, meals. Boros has been sharing some of his uh, food stores, and maybe Jan has been trapping or hunting. I don't know. They're, they've been very happy to have both of you along, considering your various skill sets. You were originally, like I said, uh, in a in a group of six, but uh, four of you. Something happened. Like, um, yeah, what happened to, that made you the the four the six of you split up? So now there's only two of you, and the other four are off somewhere else. Something to do with uh, Eskel being the outcast, and the... yeah, I think he ran into a. A spot of trouble, and so it was necessary for them to take a, a more circumspect road that uh, he and Isgul and all of them are keeping, say, more to the underbrush and the secret ways so that they're... Uh, are people looking for for him, or, or was it... Yeah. Okay, all right. He's wanted for something he says he didn't do. <laughs> okay, that's fair, that's fair. Possible some possibly some outlaw association there in the past. Who knows? Or they just accused him of something because he'd be a convenient scapegoat. Either way, we don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So they've taken a different road. Uh, maybe some some non not quite the the same um, not the main main trade road up to um, up to this place. Okay. Were Boros and Amtan part of your group at the time of, of this split? Are they aware that you have four other people somewhere off, or did you meet up with them later? I feel like we probably met up with them afterwards. Okay. That they do not know about our other companions. All right. In that case, I, th- I think uh, Boros has been has been praising. He, he's looking forward to meeting more dwarves since the community that you are going to, Torsberg is an old um, trading station, essentially, between the mountain dwarves and the um, plains and forest uh, humans, right? Old, old place. So they, they built a, a little city there on a, on a lake. Um, not on the lake, but by the lake. It's not Lake Town. And he's also similarly been, been a pun in elves, uh, which he finds to be snooty and self-important. And they're, they're all over these woods. Uh, there's actually like a there's an unofficial, semi-official elven kingdom in the Landori woods. He often finds that, you know, the in, in the past they've stopped him several times and accosted him, and, and he thinks they're assholes. So since there's no elf here, <laughs> <laughs> he's been free to, you know, damn them and all kinds of stuff. Doesn't lend a lot of inconvenience to travel. And we don't really know the uh, the personality of the uh, what's it what's his name here, Castian. Maybe we'd agree. <laughs> who knows <laughs> guess we'll see if casting ever shows up again amtan is is uh on the other hand like pretty terse pretty pretty um there's a word i'm looking for but i'm going to skip it because you know what i mean it's not a not a wordy person laconic that's the word exactly that's precisely the word i was looking for thank you you get one side point <laughs> you get one bonus psychic powerpoint obviously <laughs> So yeah, you you've uh, you've been traveling for a bit. Today uh it's been maybe 6 days since you since you joined forces. The day is beginning to draw to a close and um you come to a a part of the path, the road where you have a bunch of trees that have been uprooted for from you know, probably in a storm or something, right? And uh there's this big huge uh rift of um 
roots and, and soil and earth sticking up to the to the side of the road and one one uh, big trunk is is uh, kind of leaning athwart the the road you're going not to the point where you would have any trouble traversing it but looks all dramatic but in uh the kind of hollow left by this uh this uh, root the the mess of roots and soil uh you see the remains of a peddler's wagon that's been clearly like stripped picked apart uh there are bits of um textiles and pots and pans and and stuff strewn about what do you do Hamtown and Burroughs, do they have a cart, or are we all afoot? Burroughs has a cart, yes. I think he has a single draft horse as well. Look for for signs of, of there aren't any bodies laying around here, or there, is there blood? Has there been violence done here? Sure. You doing anything similar, um, Yana? Yes, I'm looking for signs of struggle and seeing if uh, there's a clearer way around than going that close to the root ball where obviously another cart is in the way. All right. How about you both do a search roll? So 1d20 and you want to hit your number or less? No. Okay. Also, no. I'm a seven. Right. So you both look over the area and it's been maybe a couple of days. Uh, It's it's all uh, ripped up in a mess. Difficult to tell whether or not maybe someone's been here. You don't see any obvious signs of, of blood or, or blood stains, or, and you don't see any bodies, right? You may see like a, a ripped boot or something, but it's difficult to say whether or not it was a new boot that somebody was using or a boot that was for sale, right? Meant to be like sold later on. There could though be, there seems to be a decent amount of tracks though, uh, Yana. You could potentially attempt to uh, make sense of those. All right. Let's see if I can get a sense of who has been here, if it's been giants or brigands, some kind of other raiders. Okay. But it's so muddy. You, co- you find a lot of weird tracks. You can't really make heads or tails of what they are, uh, and you're not entirely sure where they came from, unless maybe they came from the trees. It kind of looks like Maybe they're like large bird's feet or something. Like they have these three or four digits, right? With like a dew claw type of thing that are like they've been ripping up the um, uh, the soil, ripping through the. They're like what you assume to be claw marks on the wagon that might correspond to like these tracks that you're finding. Do I have, know of any animals that would fit that description? Uh, with a five, I don't think you would, uh, nothing like that, unless, unless it was like, uh, an extremely dangerous pheasant, like an overgrown, like, or like an army of pheasants. You don't think that's it since, since you are from this regular, this rough area, I'd say you probably know that there are some legends about harpies in the woods and, um, uh, other types of like bird creatures. There are maybe not normal, but just looking at the tracks, you wouldn't be able to say like, oh, that's de- totally definitely a harpy or six. Okay. And uh, Boros is uh, kind of looking o- things over very nervously and has a little club <laughs> that he's caressing like, oh, what's, what's going on? Do you see anything over there? Uh, 
Looks like they may have been attacked by some creatures from the forest. Well, well, uh, creatures, you're sure? Well, it seems that these tracks and claw marks yeah, seem don't, don't seem humanoid. Sure it wasn't elves? Would be very strange elves. I think this is maybe a not good place. This is not a good place to be caught out at this time of day. We may want to go further back. All right. Yes, of course. We 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 have to move on. Uh, uh, you, you lead on, uh, Yana. All right. Um, see if we can get as far as we can before the sun's down. If you insist on moving forward, then yes, we'll need to hurry and cover as much ground as we can before the sun is down. Boros uh, climbs back atop the, the peddler wagon and gets the, the horse moving. Amten is just like scratching his beard and lighting a, a pipe. And I will have to have my bow out and be going felled tree to felled tree and keeping my eyes open for movement coming from the side of the road. Elves around here don't ride like giant chickens or anything, do they? <laughs> Not that you have heard. I mean, you've been around a while, and you've met. Usually, they're they're the uh, you know Lothlorian sneaky woodland uh, assholes. It, it would be a new thing in that case. I mean, who knows? There there could be. I mean, covens of witches and, and sorcerers out in the woods. Uh, I mean, you do know a little bit about demons, and demons do have some qualities that don't aren't normally found in the in the animal kingdom. But, you know, jumping to, oh, it's a demon, seems maybe a little drastic. Yeah, we'll save that for later. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, pretty much anything and everything that, that was of any value had, had been stripped from the wagon, right? No, there's, no, there's no body of a, of a draft animal. There's nothing, nothing left of any use other than yeah, ruined fabrics. So you're not missing anything. Moving on. Okay. So if there were valuable goods it seems they've been taken indeed and monsters who have no no value for trade would not need to take things that are worth money only things that are useful so i think there are also balance is this an intellection that yana has in her head or mentioned to yes i think so i might i might say it to my sorcerer friend but not necessarily to our, our other companions all right and I will be, if as the sun is going down, we're going to need to look for, say, a particularly large tree or something that might be useful as, like, you know, put a wall behind us, give us a basis to create some kind of shelter. The the downside of this wonderful wood type of wood is, is of course, that uh, it's very open, right? It's just like walking in a pillared hall. But... The land isn't always even, right? So if you can find a hollow or a deeper pa- part, that shouldn't be too hard. Well, there's that spot that we just passed where the the, the other guy was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Boros will, will ask uh, once you're once you're on the way, like, okay, well, what's the plan? Where do where do we go? I'm looking for a hollow to put us in that will give us a little more defensibility if anything should happen along. So that we can make camp for the night. Of, of course, of course. We should we should be away from here, of course. And so we, uh, we roll on as well as we can and keep our eyes open. Oh, you, you were in front, right? Yes, I'm scouting. With your type of survival and orienteering and such, it's not in search skill. It's not uh, a 
major challenge to find a, a decent place to put the wagon and, and make a fire and so forth. In fact, not too hard at all. But by the time you get everything, you know, the, the horse unhitched and uh, the wagon situated and the fire going, everybody has food and such, uh, darkness has fallen. Do you set up some sort of watch system or, or are you sitting down by the fire with the borrows and I'm done? I think in this situation, we are going to have to have watch. And so I will set myself in a, a stand or a tree branch or something where I can have some overview. Okay. All right. You can work out like watches and such later if, if you want to have like a, a whole plan. Are you within yeah, earshot of the others, would you say? Yes, I am. Okay. So it's basically like the the nearest tree. You climb the nearest tree something, right? Yes. If something is to happen along, if I'm to see it, it's better for me to be able to give warning quickly instead of having to abandon the spot and come back. And uh, Sigmund? When Leanna's watching, I'm going to be relaxing and trying to get to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Why waste time? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's probably going to be pestering me later, so. So you're trying to go to sleep, and, and Boros is constantly, he's sort of uh, kvetching to, um, to Amtan, and Amtan is just grunting in response and smoking his pipe. There are all kinds of interesting sounds in the woods at night, creaking, and uh, the wind picks up at a point um, and makes all kinds of lovely <laughs> wood chime, not wood chime, leaves, leafy leaf orchestra sounds, and uh, there are animal calls and all kinds of stuff like that. After, I don't know, uh, a little while, maybe, Zygmunt, you've nodded off a bit. There's a change in the smell in the air that you notice, Yonam. It smells kind of like a uh, bog. And as far as you know, there are no like marshlands nearby. It's being carried on someone. So I'm picking up my alertness and looking around. And how far from the tree is Zygmunt? You've heard that there are trolls who live occasionally in, in these, you know, who range the woods, right? But usually they're being kept in check by the by the aforementioned elves, right? But they do tend to have a pretty bad stink about them. So it's a potential, uh, just based on what you've heard and the rumors you know. How about you make a search uh, roll if you're spying out into the murk? Very good. Ah, success? Yes. Excellent. So you're spying about, and you notice something kind of weird. Like, in, in amongst the various lumps and uh, piles of, of uh, leaves and branches on the forest floor, you see these denser, shadowy shapes. Maybe the size of a mid-sized dog or something, but kind of not dog-shaped. Kind of more like uh, it's hard to say. It's it's uh, it's as if these like shadowy figures are moving slowly. There you see maybe four of them, different uh, like intervals. It's almost like uh, they're in a search chain or something, and they're they're systematically moving forward. You get a sense of maybe more than two legs. Maybe they're crawling, but you it's tough to see. What do you do? So I need to as quietly as I can, come down from the tree and uh, wake the others with a, a little shake, maybe putting my hands over the mouth saying, don't cry out when I 
wake you and uh, gesture off in the dis- direction that I see these searchers coming from. So I want to quietly and wordlessly alert them to danger. I'm going to have to be down on the ground to do that. Yes, unless you want to throw something at them, but then they're going to go, hey. <laughs> yes. Cool. Give me a sneak. Give me a sneak roll. Okay. Get down in a, in a quiet fashion. Very good. You make it down, and uh, both Boros and, and Amptown are kind of surprised to see you. They thought you were still in the tree. And Boros is about to ask you something. What do you do? Put the fingers over my lips and signal, don't talk. And Oh, that just makes him really nervous looking. Uh, and he starts to fumble for his club, which is somewhere behind him, but he can't find it. Boris is just, uh, Amtan, sorry, Amtan is just completely still. Does Sigmund snore? Um, sure. <laughs> okay. So you, you stop you stop Sigmund snoring, wake him up. Sweep my hand across the direction that the searchers are coming from and indicate four, the number four, to the others. And... Animals or something worse. I shake my head to the first, or give a negation signal to the first, and a affirmation signal to the second. No one, yes, not animals, yes, worse. Okay, uh, Boros. Boros is is slowly trying to claw, crawl under his wagon. <laughs> Amton has not moved. Maybe he's he's paralyzed with fear. Who knows. They should still be like a hundred feet away, something like that. So you have some time to prepare if you want to prepare something. Under the wagon is a probably a good start. I can signal to the others to hide, tap my dagger to indicate they should be ready for a fight if it comes to it, and get back up in the tree. I look at that and go, hmm, I'm looking for another tree to climb. <laughs> <laughs> Sigmund, I... I, I uh, you could always be the asshole, right? And just make yourself invisible. Yeah, that's a possibility, but that's not a sure thing. And I'm saving that for when I need it. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you an, an example here, like if you want to just turn yourself invisible for 10 minutes or 11, actually, uh, then you make a roll, you blow one psychic PowerPoint, and you got a bonus for coming up with the laconic, which was the word I, I was looking for. Uh, it would cost you one side point if you succeed. You'd have to roll 11 or less on a d20. So it's not like... Well, actually, I think I I need at least second level for my size. Oh, you're, you're right. So, so same deal, except two, two psychic PowerPoints, and you'd have to roll nine or less. I may be doing both. If I find a good tree to climb. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why don't you roll hide? See if you can find a good hidey hole. That seems even more unlikely. <laughs> it's one in five. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think then I go, okay, nowhere to hide. Uh, <laughs> let's try this invisibility thing. Laying flat and putting leaves on top of you won't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then I spend two side points and need to roll nine or lower yes and i do hey what do you know Ta-da. so you you uh, whisper the the earlier phrase for uh, for whatever you need to you know the, the the formula and um you go invisible you're gonna stay invisible for 11 minutes now you just have to keep quiet <laughs> you know lucky for you there's a horse here so you won't be the most fragrant person here right yeah do you just stand there in the middle or do you 
um, move, you know, where he said they were, they were coming from. I'm moving towards the other side. Okay. Look for a, a tree that I can at least get behind. So fine. Okay. <laughs> so Amtan and Boris are like looking around, like, where did he go? They're both sort of like under the wagon and they've like grabbed some leaves and put, put on top of them. First, you know, Amtan doesn't have a weapon of any kind, like maybe like a, a, a dagger for eating, like a knife for eating. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of sitting ducks, but that's fine. When they're dead, you can take their wagon. Assuming the horse is alive. <laughs> if one of them was dexterous enough, I probably would have drug him up the tree with me. After about half a minute, maybe, the, the horse starts to um, smell something and uh, starts to get nervous and make some noise. Uh, it's not pulling on its, its uh, uh, tether or anything, not too hard anyway, but... It's definitely something out there that's making it nervous. Yeah, you can see from from your elevated position that these shapes are coming closer and closer to the camp. And now they're approaching the the kind of lip of this hollow that you're in. And you can see glittering in the in the half light three pairs of eyes in heads the size of basketballs with these this these broad kind of slavering jaws uh, underneath the, the the three pairs of eyes and you see these like little grippy arms with these uh, big hands that are are um, uh, they have like three principal digits and then they have like a thumb or like a dew claw type of thing on the back very reminiscent of the the rips you saw earlier in the soil oh and they're sort of they're peering down into the hollow they appear to be like sniffing and they have the kind of look of like something slimy like a toad the skin is all like wet and gooey they're moving on four limbs or two you see the hint of more up in the tree yana you you seem to make out six limbs and it's sort of like this basketball shaped head on a bulbous body almost like a human body a compressed human body like a twisted compressed human body am i to get kind of a dritery sense out of this we got a compressed human body on like that you're, you're getting a sense of like imagine the a cross between a, a pit bull a toad and a spider it is not something you've ever seen before it's completely out of this world and super creepy and the eyes are somewhere between human and dog right in in appearance Although you're mostly seeing like the, the glint of, of ice, these three pairs of eyes on top of each other. So it's got six eyes. Yes. All four of them have six eyes. Wow. And a big, you know, toothy. <laughs> There's your research specimen, specimens, Buck. Do you, do you st- stick to the tree in, in, in mortal terror? Well, it's hard to tell what a vulnerable spot would be on these. But, uh, Got lots of eyes. They're low to the ground. They appear to be in their normal position. So they're maybe uh, a foot and a half off, off the ground. A real good, hard penetration of an arrow might pin one if the arrow's long enough. Maybe. If you had a strong bow. <laughs> Probably stronger than my short bow, yes. It, that would be a super cool thing that maybe you could do in the future when you when you've graduated to a great hero <laughs> you could always attempt to scare them or or something who knows i mean uh, attempt to scare them hmm. 
I, I was thinking that shooting one would be pretty scary. Sure, yeah. For you and them. <laughs> I am not a bluffer, and I am not a singer. I am a listener. Nor, not a tenor. <laughs> you are a spy. <laughs> I'm a good sneaker, a decent hider, good tracker, a decent shooter, great at telling direction. A, a legitimate reaction would be, screw this shit, and then you sneak away. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be very heroic, though, considering you've thrown in with Boris and Amtan. No, and I can see that they are in extremely vulnerable position right now. On the other hand, what are they doing to help us? <laughs> they're just laying there. So they're doing what you're doing, except worse. <laughs> Let's let it out. Let's make a great bellowing roar, like my best lion impression. Just scream. Okay. All right. Let them know that there's something big and bad up in this tree. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll give you a plus five bonus for surprise, uh, and you can use your bluff, so you'll have a nine. So roll a nine or less if you want to uh, scare them right into either flight or 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 stunned hesitation. Oh, you do. Cool. Okay. <laughs> you. <laughs> what kind of animal are you attempting to sound like? Well, let's see. What could they possibly think is dangerous? That would be in a tree. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going like a, a cougar, a puma, mountain lion. Yeah, that might be scary. Sure. Let's see it start screeching like a mountain lion. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> One of them was about to sort of test the ground for going down into the hollow. They've clearly like gotten the scent or the the location of your friends down there and then it, it like stiffens and it throws around its head and there's a moment of uh hesitation in the entire group of these four and then they sort of take off quick as as hell like they're on six limbs and they're sort of like just booking it uh out into the leaves and you can hear the just how they're ripping up the the soil and the stones and the earth uh, in their in in their flight, uh, they they vanish out past where where you can clearly make them out. Uh, so while you've driven them off for now, you can't be sure if it's forever, right? Right. What would be the size of these things? If they're on the ground, uh, picture like uh, two pit bulls side by side. And in game number terms, size uh, uh about seven, three. Th three levels of lift, or is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. You want to capture one? <laughs> that might be a thing to do. Uh, yeah, what the hell? We'll try that. Okay. Since there are, the others are running away. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there was a moment of hesitation. Maybe you could, like, okay, I'm preparing. Uh, so that would be uh, seven less, right? Yeah. Minus two for each extra level. He must overcome their sigh with his own. What does that mean? All right. So, okay. So, you know, I don't think this thing is aware that you're attempting to lift it. So, it, you don't have to worry about that. Just make the make the spell roll. And uh, I don't succeed. No, you just fail. Okay. So you reach out, and it doesn't take take root. Something um, 
something prevents you, some magical um, magical energy interference flux nonsense stopping you. Um, so mark two, three, three side points. Cost of, no, no, you failed. So just one, just the one. Would have been three if you succeeded. But you do get a sense that there wasn't a whole lot of resistance in this critter. So, so your first indication after probing it like this with the spell is that you're not dealing with an intelligent creature. This is like a dumb animal of some kind. Right. A new dumb animal that you haven't seen before. So, so what's next, uh, Yana? The the critters are outside of your your visual range. In this murk. I was starting to think of a plan where we like ring the campsite with torches. So if they've got any kind of fear of fire, it might uh it might keep them at bay. What do you think of that? Sure. I don't have a better idea. So you wanna you wanna climb down and confer with your friends? Alright. So I come down and I tell Boros and them that there may not be much sleep tonight. We need to set up fire torches around the camp to maybe keep them at bay. If if you think it'll work, says uh, Boros, like uh, they're they're crawling out from under the wagon and you know brushing leaves off them. It, it can't hurt, right? Right. It'll be quicker than trying to lash together pikes. Yes, of course. Uh, we are you sure we shouldn't move on? We we can always the dark. The road isn't too far. Mm, the road isn't too far, but it is also dark, and they may try to pick us off if we were on the move. So okay, all right. I think we should just make our position as defensible as we can and stay alert. Explain to me about the astrology. What I can do with that? If um, if somebody wants to do a thing, right, then you can answer simple questions of timing primarily. I don't know if it depends on what you want to know. Like normally you would ask things like, is this a good time to start a business or start a war or plumb a tomb or. Could I use it? Like, is it better to stay here or try to move on through the darkness? Uh, you could, you could ask, is this a good time to move on? Right. That would be a question that you, you could possibly answer right in a, like, is, is this the good, the right time to move? Yeah. Let's try that. You could definitely astrology that, right? And you would use your own, you know, your own, you, you yourself was born, right? So, um, you don't have to like ask someone, what's your sign? <laughs> <laughs> Look up at the stars and, uh, we got moon, moons, planets, but primarily the one moon, but there are eight other moons that may show up at any given time, including some evil fuckery moons. But, uh, there's certainly like stars and there are other celestial bodies in the, vicinity of this world that uh, you're aware of and you can you can identify with your level of skill you'd have to kind of find a clearing though uh the the leaves are essentially like a it's like a leaf over you you have to have either climb a tree or find a clearing if you want to do this i remember if there were any clearings close to here as we approached oh yeah i mean the the place where the other peddler wagon was picked apart there were trees falling over so there would be a clearing there yeah okay i'll try there that's assuming that's the opposite direction from where those things went well it's in a you know if they went let's say east then this would be southeast uh maybe first i do a uh i try to to scry to determine 
where they are. Sure. Sounds like an excellent idea. Uh, would you like to take some time? You're not in a terribly stressful environment. Um, well, situation anyway. Not terribly stressful. But I could give you a plus three if you take some time and you're, and you're scrying like half an hour or something. Sure. I'll need it. All right. So that gives me to 14. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. See indicates direction and distance. All right. So uh, you do notice uh, one of these these critters in a far distance. It's probably by now it's it's uh, maybe a kilometer and a half away, and it's sort of east northeast. Yeah, it seems they've gone away the way at least for now. Uh, I'm gonna go try to um, determine uh, whether we should stay here the night or move on or whether it's a good time to move on and I'll head out to the clearing. All right. Be cautious. Watch yourself. So uh, Amtan mumbles something and then he tags along. What was that? Amtan, the, the, the coal burner. No, no, that's the Amtan. If he mumbled something, I go, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Oh. <laughs> I'm an old man. I can never... <laughs> <laughs> Right, so he mumbles the same thing again, like rawr, rawr, rawr. Uh, and then he like points to where you're, you know, you were heading off in some direction, and he points to it with this pipe, and then he takes a drag on it. I thought we agreed we're going to do that over there. That's where the latrine is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he shrugs, and then he seems to be patiently waiting for you to start moving. Keep him out of trouble, Amtan. So he he does something that somebody might hear as he has a. But you're not sure. Where is it you're from again, Amtan? No, um, so there was. He kind of points with the the, <laughs> the pipe toward the Torsberg uh, area that you were heading to. Is that a suburb of Torsberg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he mumbles something that might be a, a confirmation, like like maybe he's in a small he's from a small community outside of it or something. <laughs> Like, you know, now that you think about it, he might, he may have bear a slight similarity to some of the woodland barbarians that live in the area that have recently started to build like little village settlements instead of just roaming the woods like the elves. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he's an exile because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he tags along over out there. Meanwhile, are you, are you attempting to set something up in the camp or are you waiting for a confirmation from the sorcerer? I'm... Going ahead with my plan and making something of a repellent fence with torches every few feet. So they'll have to go down, down, down into a ring of fire? Yes. They will have to come down, down, down into my ring of fire. Excellent. The ring of fire. <laughs> the ring of fire. Cool. Okay, so you you and you and Amtan make it to the uh, to the fallen over trees. Uh, you can clearly see the the beautiful uh, fantastical night sky. There, there. So for some reason, you can see all kinds of cool, uh, you know, fantasy nebula and uh, and stuff out there, which are all, of course, indications in the astrology sense of like what to do and when. Since since Sigmund isn't really a super gifted like writer, uh, I would imagine maybe he do, does the, like figuring out and counting maybe in on the ground or like on his fingers or like he maybe. Is it a memory thing? How does he go about this astrology? It's a lot physical. He sees where one is and then counting over by hands over to this other 
constellation and uh, that means they're that far apart means this and that sort of thing (laughs) extending his you know hand out to uh as a a fist and counting so many fists above the horizon and (laughs) excellent i take a plus two (laughs) for the description (laughs) all right Uh, 17 or less yes oh very good it would be better uh, to stay put, definitely. Okay. 90% certainty. You never know with astrology, but you're pretty sure. And Tam, see that? That's a bad moon rising. We should stay put. <laughs> That's one of them bad moons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, yep. It just might take your life. Yeah, so he nods, yeah. Yep, yep. And like he picks up some of the textiles uh, that uh, around the wagon. He's been sort of like figuring out like, oh, well, maybe I can use this piece or maybe I can use that piece. They're kind of ripped to half to shreds, but, you know, he pieces something together. It's totally your color, Amtan. <laughs> <laughs> you think he says something like, yep, that's what I said. I maybe take some, take like if there's a roll or something, we can leave light it on fire and then help the, oh, yeah. the, the wheel of fire thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the ring of fire. Yeah. <laughs> sure, material for fire. That's that's abundant here. Very cool. So you return and set up your ring of fire. Yeah, I was wondering if there was some kind of perhaps plant around here that I know when I burn it, it's going to have more of a reddish color in the fire. You know, that may be something that, um, that Sigmund could help you with. Yeah. Because if we have a red fire, I think it would preserve our night vision a little bit better than the yellow fire. That's something my herbalism would help with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, roll herbalism, and if you succeed, you can tell me what kind of plant or lichen or whatever you, you might find here that might have such an effect. Yeah, success, yeah. Uh, there's a, a moss that grows on the on these bark of these trees here. That uh, we scrape that off. That should provide the uh, the proper color. The, the famous red brand moss. <laughs> yeah, well, it's green, but it burns red. <laughs> so I will scrape some of this moss and smudge it on our uh, on our torches and other things that we're going to be burning. Make it a red fire. And uh, a bunch of this fabric that should burn. <laughs> yes, we will yes. need to make yes, some. Yes, it will. And make uh, extra torches from it. String, string it out around the camp if we need to light it and provide the the circle of fire. Very good. We will put that at the ready too. Together, four of you make make your your red burning perimeter. Any other preparations you want to make? We have to have a couple of mounds of dirt ready so the the fire won't go out of control. We'll be able to. We'll have extinguishing material on hand to. Because we don't want to burn the whole forest down. It's very responsible of you. <laughs> you know, you know, you can see maybe in Boris's eyes that maybe like he's pondering whether that wouldn't be a better idea. Maybe the fire could actually kill some of these critters, but maybe, maybe it's a little drastic. Yeah, maybe it'd burn us too. <laughs> uh, now, are you are you all attempting to stay up, or do you want to s- snooze in shifts, or what's what's the plan? Oh, I'll, I'll I'll go back to sleep if I can. Okay. Been casting some spells, so of course I gotta rest. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be a pretty sleepless night for me tonight because 
M10 might be okay as a sentry, but I'm not sure I'd trust the Boros the same things. So yeah, Boros is high on on terror now, but you know, give it an hour, he's going to be snoozing. So I resume my sentry position. The torches burn. Uh, occasionally, you have to switch them out, rub some more um, more of the moss on them. Or wrap them in some of the moss. I don't know how that, that works. That's, that's your herbalism thing. And you hear some noises, but other than that, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty chill for the rest of the night. When the early, early morning pre-dawn light starts to, to trickle, sift through the leaves, it's like it's one smoky <laughs> little area. And uh, you can see from your elevated position that... Um, the things may possibly have been by a couple more times, but they have been outside of the range of what you've been able to see. Okay. The leaves and the ground is, is ripped up in places and disturbed, but they seem to have left you alone. Very good. Sigmund, you should be back up to your full psychic power. You're feeling a little more rough. Yana. Very. Make a, make a straight-up uh, constitution roll. All right. Oh, nice. Okay. So... um. While while it hasn't been comfortable, you're not terribly affected by this. You're you're still fairly fresh. I may need to make it up a little tonight. I don't imagine that uh, I'd be able to sleep in the wagon. It's too bumpy. Right. <laughs> so th- when Boris wakes up, um, he rubs his eyes, and then he is, uh, of course, overjoyed that he's still alive, that it's daytime uh, and the horrible six-legged demons are gone and uh you know he rushes up to both of you and and uh hugs you <laughs> it's like thank you thank you thank you you've saved me you're you're, you're welcome <laughs> uh, we must we mustn't lose any time we must be, be, get on <laughs> yes 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 we want to eat something and he he promises that he's going to buy you the the most expensive meal each when you get to Torsberg and and the Blue Dragon Inn, uh, and he because he knows the owner and and you can write that down. Very good. So he starts he starts uh, uh you know uh, packing up all the the sleeping supplies and and storing it on the wagon and and getting the horse hitched up and and getting the horse fed and all that stuff. Yeah, probably was fed already. I don't know how often you feed horses. Maybe he does out of out of just excitement, and then he can push it a little harder or something. Yeah. We can gather up the fabric scraps that we didn't burn so that we need to make torches the next night and kind of do the leave no trace thing, clean up a little bit before we move on. Am- Amtan has busied himself throughout the night with making a, a braided headband out of the different colored uh, <laughs> uh, cloth strips. <laughs> I will not begrudge it him. <laughs> Hidden talents, that Amtan. Yep. <laughs> Quite a craftsman, a weaver. Well, it's not that well done. <laughs> <laughs> you start back up on the road. It's early morning. Um, you smell a little smoky, but uh, you know, all all told, you know, you're all in one piece. Excellent. Yay! <laughs> you make it. Throughout the morning, uh, and you um, pass a couple of other travelers uh, going the opposite direction. Possibly, you know, people returning to the south after after trading with the maybe the dwarves or something. And uh, Boris warns them that there are horrible demons in the woods and that the, they really should just you know hurry or get to an inn as soon as they can. Of course, he gets like weird stares. 
And if you're caught out in the open, the creatures are do have a respect for fire and for loud noises. So you chime in whenever he does this. Yes, I will tell them that fire and loud noises work for keeping us safe. So if you remain vigilant, you might have a chance. All right, maybe some of them will take you seriously then. <laughs> At about midday, you get to a, like a halfway uh, house, which is. Um, it's like an, a roadside inn with a, a little palisade, wooden palisade, and um, stables and such. After uh, what you've been through, uh, you, you know, Boris suggests that, uh, well, why don't we, you know, we'll spend the afternoon and the night and, and, and recover. This has been uh, quite horrible. I, I will, have, uh, of course, uh, uh, pay for everything. Really, you, you, after all, you've saved my business. Uh, you get nothing, though. And, you know, he says to Amtan, and, you know, Amtan's just shrugging. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, very kind of you. Uh, let's let's see what they have to eat and drink here, shall we? So you enter the little um, inn. Uh, there, there are uh, oh, maybe four like serving uh, boys and and uh, girls running around and and uh, moving with tankards and uh, food. Uh, the first thing you smell when you come in is like they're roasting something somewhere. It's very appetizing. There's a, like a big steaming plate of stew that passes you know just by <laughs> and uh, there's a uh not a heavy set man but uh like he's a little heavier than than the normal stepping up to to the um the entrance little entrance uh there's like a, a little vestibule thing what did you call it? like a little little mini house in that that's attached to the house proper so he steps up to the the entrance into the house proper while you're standing in the in the fort. He looks you over. He doesn't see any obvious weapons. So, well, maybe you have the, your broadsword there, Yana. Yeah, I do have my broadsword and my short bow. He's maybe middle-aged, mustachioed. It looks like he's more used to smiling and laughing, being serious, but he has a kind of serious disposition now, and he says... Uh, Weapons, uh, you will have to leave them either in the stables or, or uh, with me, uh, young lady. Are you the innkeeper or? Yes. Uh, yes, I'm Heimert, the innkeeper. Very glad to meet you, Heimert. And yes, I, I will obey the custom that uh, when I am in another's house, I must uh, entrust myself to his hospitality and his uh, protection. I will do as you ask. Ah, good. But problems with stabbings, you see. There's been trouble lately. People making, people making violence inside your house. Ah, it's the sun worshippers from from down south making trouble. Strange beliefs. You've heard, like you've traveled, you've traveled in the south, right? So you know, there's like a, there's this uh, sun religion, the shining way, which dictates that you know their god uh, the sun etin is like the the over god of everything and what he says goes and you know magic and shamanism and spiritual practices and, and barbaric customs they're they're really bad <laughs> and you shouldn't do them right and a lot of people here are sorcerers witches barbarians <laughs> like so they're not very welcome yeah anyway i, I shouldn't darken your your day with with the uh, Bad news. Uh, if you were willing to, to relinquish your weapons to me, I will I will safe and uh, I will ensure that you have what you need. Okay, that'll do that. And I hand them over. Should you hand over your bow and your your sword? Yes. 
All right. He goes away and he walks into a back room somewhere and he comes back empty-handed, directs you to um, like a table, like a cramped table in between some some hairy forest barbarians and some and some dwarves. Fairly rare sight, like five of them sitting around. Uh, they're playing some sort of dice game. The barbarians appear to be uh, arm wrestling, and uh, Heimert comes in with. Uh, yeah, I think he he just this just it's just customary in the region. I think to just like present you with a a pitcher of of beer, and then you know you can serve yourselves. And if you want more, if you want something else, then you have to ask for it. So he, he puts down the pitcher and the and the mugs for everybody. And uh, we'll talk to uh, Boros and make sure that uh, payment's going to be in order as we order uh, some store, some roast if it was uh, if it's available to us get our dinner going <laughs> okay so you you get your uh your main meal for the day and uh you get to do some pipe smoking and and enjoy the the interior the atmosphere half halfway through the meal like the dwarf starts singing something some uh some yokel has a sort of uh untuned lute that he starts playing along it's kind of a neat little atmosphere even if it's like okay this is kind of terrible but also kind of fun yeah, well, the country life. Not our heads in time. It wouldn't be untoward for me to see. I think at some point I'll go. I'll go over to the uh, the forest barbarians. All you have to do is like turn around, <laughs> like they're right behind. Exchange some pleasantries and then ask if they ever encountered like the strange creatures that we saw. The six limbed uh, basketball headed things with the six eyes. <laughs> you describe the animal uh, or the, yeah. the beast, and um, one of them he calls himself uh, uh, Vobel. He uh, nods. Uh, he says the six-eyed beasts are not very common, but uh, they do range the woods and have been harassing the the tribes uh, for some time. I think maybe they are a curse from, uh, from the wood spirits, or perhaps a witch's creation. Mm. If the wood spirits, we would want to find a way to reconcile. Witches? Mm, well, they would have to be fought. I think the word, the exact word he uses, isn't witch. It's some some. It's it's uh, a word in Prangi, uh, which is your native tongue, by the way, Yana. That means like seer or seeress or something. Ah, so in either case, you want to reconcile, if possible. It's not witch in the sense of like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious, evil, warty, ugly woman with a, with a cauldron. It's rather, you know, a, a magical sorceress, sp- spiritualist, shaman, that kind of thing. You'd have to be rather powerful to do something like that. Or have pacted with the right um, evil spirits, says another one of them. While it doesn't happen so much anymore, some used to uh, do blood sacrifices to please these uh, evil spirits. I mean, you think maybe it was done a long time ago and these are like left over, perhaps descended from the things made by these rituals maybe a long time ago, or are they recent? Uh, Vobel shrugs. He says, I've never seen a young specimen. Maybe you're right. We did not get to test out if they were mortal or not. We opted to try to scare them away, keep them away, and it seemed to work. They can be killed. Oh, very good. <laughs> the other guy who's, like, piping in about blood sacrifices, he's like, yeah, he nods, he's done it, but he hasn't, obviously. 
it's comforting to know that if it came to that, there would be some chance of defending ourselves. <laughs> or if we were to take a more proactive approach, if these do not belong in the forest, then perhaps they could be gotten rid of. Safer to leave them to someone else. Let them be someone else's problem, says Bobo. Maybe the elves. Yes. We just have to stay vigilant for perhaps the day when it becomes our problem instead. Well, you do as you like. Hmm, understood. We're heading up north here. Is it getting more prevalent? That's the region you've been in, right? That's kind of your home turf, right? So uh, you've never seen them or heard about them there. So then again, you may just have not spoken with the right people. And he said they were really rare. Well, in any case, we're not going to have the time to double back. We must be pressing on before the festival begins. <laughs> you could always write it up on your on your to-do hero list. <laughs> exactly. Find origin of strange six six-legged six-eyed beasties. <laughs> Maybe murder them. Make it make 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 a new hieroglyph that shows the six eyes and. Maybe do an X4 next to it. <laughs> yeah, that would be the Jorian way, uh, the, the Jorish way, right? You would make it like a hand sign. <laughs> right. Well, we do not write our language down anyway. It just can't be done. It wouldn't make any sense. Unless you want to make really complicated glyphs that should, like show hands and have arrows pointing in which direction they're moving. And... <laughs> you know, there are probably like, you know, he's... Are, if it's you're provoking, mentioning this, like just just like if you're if you're thinking aloud like this, like there are all kinds of languages <laughs> that uh, Sigmund knows that are just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Toward the evening, quite a large uh, collection of, of people show up, and they're they're uh, clearly from the south. They are probably uh, from the ancient um, high culture of Yorpagna. Uh, which is where you derive the whole idea of Jorish identity, which, you know, stories say that, you know, they were originally you you people who went south and founded an empire, and then that didn't go so well. And then they changed and had all kinds of epiphanies and new gods and so forth. Um, but that's, you know, stories. But anyway, they're clearly Southerners. They have a different clothing style, uh, more looser clothing. They clearly speak uh, with, a, with a specific, like, yeah, new, new Jewish dialect uh, from that particular region. They are probably heading the same way as you are. The religious rite that you're, that you're heading, or, or the, the festival, like the, the fall festival, is of a religious nature. And so it kind of occasionally becomes like a pilgrimage uh, situation for some people who are of either the same denomination or, or have similar beliefs or uh, follow gods who are technically part of the same family, even necessarily part of the same religion, sort of, since it becomes very messy with gods and families and which god is more important than the other one and so forth. The leader appears to be like a, a rich noblewoman of some kind. Like, and then when I say noblewoman, like imagine a, like a wealthy landowner in maybe, you know, 600 AD France or 600 AD Britain. Well accoutred, she has a lot of people around her. She probably has like a like a the equivalent of like a family chaplain or priest with her, and uh, some some guardsmen, some helpers, and they all kind of file in to the inn. Uh, Heimert is forced to like clear a couple of tables to make some room. Uh, she pays clearly very very uh, generously 
And uh, by this time, the dwarves have retired and um, moved on wherever they are. Maybe they're sleeping in the stables. So her chaplain and some of her guards, essentially some of her like brawny, burly men, um, they sit down at that table behind you. Um, and they start talking about um, uh, the this this uh, like festival that they're going to. The priest is uh, saying, uh, you know, and remember that uh, you know when we get into the city, you have to you have to observe certain uh, practices. You mustn't uh, you mustn't break somebody for not speaking proper uh, New Jorish. You uh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, remember to wear the you know your armbands clearly visible. You cannot bring the weapons in, but but uh, if you are uh, clever, you might bring a dagger uh, in the interest of you know protecting the mistress, of course. Um, and he's sort of coaching him. Uh, you haven't met him or seen him before, but it, he speaks of Torsberg like he might be a, a native or he's been there a couple of times before. And uh, uh, they get their their helpings, servings, and then he notices you guys. Uh, particularly Boros, and he gets up and he wanders over to Boros and he says, hello, peddler. Uh, Boros says, well, uh, hi. Uh, can I help you? Um, you must be going to, um, to Torsberg, same as uh, my mistress and I. Are you, uh, are you perhaps looking to participate in the, um, in the fall festival? Uh, are you bringing spice or ale or what are you bringing? You know, Boros uh, you know, strikes up a little conversation about uh, what he's peddling, what he's what he's bringing up, uh, and he's it's, he's really not selling much. It's mostly a return to his family. At least that's what he says. And then he turns to the rest of you, uh, this, this priest, uh, and he looks over, particularly um, Yana and and Sigmund. He narrows his eyes a little, uh, and he says more to Boros than you. Like, so you you travel with the the natives from this this region. He looks over to you like he's not sure if he should answer. Well, I give a bit of a casual shrug because um, I've been thinking of my characters being probably even further afield, like from Barbia. Sure. Across the Vintopsbergen. <laughs> that works. But if anybody thinks badly of me, well, I am not going to make an issue of it under Heimer's roof. Do you say anything? or? indicate that you would answer or did you answer for uh, Boros or? It's more like I'm making a gesture to Boros of we may speak freely I don't, I do not care if you speak of us as being natives or whatever. Okay so that's that's a shrug. <laughs> I'm shrugging to Boros he can speak openly and casually if he likes. Sigmund interested at all? <laughs> yeah I don't care. Alright. <laughs> So okay, so Boros like after a moment he's like, um I I believe so, yes. Well what what of it? Um and the priest says, um, well, as it just so happens, uh I have heard tell that some of these dwellers in these uh woodland climes have certain um uh practices with um with the local flora, medicine, if you will. Uh your friends here wouldn't possibly know anything about this? Anything about that? I shrug and look over at Zygmunt. Do you? I'm sorry, what, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, so he invites himself. He sort of like sits down and squeezes in, like so to, beside Boros. So uh, Amtan has to like sort of sit side, kind of half sideways in the against the wall. And he says, "I I apologize. I am being obtuse, of course. In the south, we call you apothecaries." He doesn't say you. He says we call we call them apothecaries. Do you know what, of what I speak? That's a mode of learning beyond me. I might. What's the issue? Well, if one theoretically were looking for a way to drive out a toxin, a consuming toxin which grows uh, with the purpose of exiting the body and living a life of its own, do you understand what I'm saying? Would that be something you would be familiar with? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there may be like an element of like, Speaking new Jorish, and uh, while you're kind of decent at the at the dialect, like there's something in like the fr- way he phrases it that doesn't make quite sense. You have a tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of sighs, and he kind of leans forward across the table a little bit under the guise of like poking at uh, the candle in the center of the table, uh, and he says, "A an abortive. Do you understand?" Oh. How do you manage to get pregnant? <laughs> that, that's something I couldn't accomplish. <laughs> His visage darkens a bit, and this is really not a topic for jesting, surely. I'm asking if you, if, if you know where one might find such uh, a medicine. I assume I do. Uh, I um, might be able to. That can be tricky to uh, maintain the, the health of, of the uh, prospective uh, mother. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, it's important that that is, is maintained. Uh, do you know where I might inquire to find such a thing when a person with such skill? I'm sure it'd be no problem in Torsberg. Uh, as it so happens, uh, it may be too late by that time. Uh, but if you do not know, so be it. Um, he leans back a bit um, and uh, puts an arm on Boris's shoulder. Well, the gods are, are um, gods have their way. Pardon my intrusion. Allow me to buy you all a little drink and um, forget you saw me. Forget we had to have this conversation, please. I can count on your discretion, yes? Yeah, certainly. He never even actually introduced himself, did he? No. I... Don't even know who you are. <laughs> uh, so he nods, and then he gets up, and he uh, gets uh, Heimert to bring over um, some more drink. He trundles over to his table, and he looks uh, dejected. <laughs> Seems very strange to me. Yeah, that, there's something not right about that guy. Just in normal life, it's easier to lose a child than to birth one. I will try not to... Worry myself on it further. It is not my business. Yes, I think he's, he's up to something, and I think it's best we not get involved. Usually, usually when a a man comes asking about something like that, it's uh, let him move the car. Yeah, he's 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 not on the up and up. He's uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you, see, you you have some some sage nodding from Boros. Uh, Amtan ha- appears to have fallen asleep. You know, Boros says, uh, "Well, uh." I believe I shall cure some sleeping accommodations for us. Thank you. And he 
sort of like elbows Amtan and gets him to wake up, and then he drags him with him. Is there anything in particular you want to do, you know, before heading to bed? Pick a fight, roll dice. <laughs> Arm wrestle. <laughs> Arm wrestle for money. <laughs> I don't think it would do to stare at the uh, Southerners for too long. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe see if I can tell by scent which of them is the the unfortunate lover of this guy. Okay. <laughs> I, do, I don't know that level of... <laughs> There is a there is a race of people who are like uh, essentially half wolf. Uh, I may I might have given you more information, than <laughs> but unfortunately, you're a human being. Let's just uh, kick back, and once Burroughs returns, uh, retire to the room. Okay. So the way uh, the rooms that uh, he secured um, one little wing of uh, there are several like sleeping quarters, right? And each quarter has essentially like a sleeping alcove where you climb up on a on a bed and, and under the bed is like a, a couple of drawers that you can draw you can pull out put your stuff in push in and lock uh if you prefer and uh, then there's like a, a a fur or a or a curtain that you that you draw and then you're in in your bed it's like a an old-timey coffin hotel more or less right where there are like there are six quote-unquote coffins or alcoves per per quarter so he secured um, the the majority of one quarter uh, for you and him, and of course, uh, poor Amtan had to pay for himself. I assume you just you know head to bed and enjoy the calm before the next morning. Yeah, I see that I have some leather working tools, so that maybe if I've got some scraps, I can work on them a little bit, make a glove or something down the line. Well, in the darkness, in candlelight. Well, or, yeah, it's or getting maybe dark. You, hey, hey, you could have been doing this all afternoon and evening at the table if you want. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, maybe around four in the morning, you're all woken up by uh, screeches and the smell of smoke and the roar of fire uh, and people running around in like their nightshirts, screaming. What do you What do you guys do? The sleeping quarters is like. Thick with smoke. We're gonna have to just grab my jerkin and get down on the ground and put it on me. And are, are we first floor, second floor? Oh yeah, the, uh, it's only one. Uh, so you have a, a little section, a little wing of the house, um, so to speak. Any window in this room? Uh, there are no windows, uh, but uh, there's a doorway that goes into the main main in room, uh, and there are windows out there. Okay, but out there is where, like, you can see, like, the the uh, the flame. Um, it's not blocking you, but it's it's burning outside. It's burning in the main tavern. It's burning in the main, yeah, the main indoor, yeah, yeah. Quickly grab my stuff and uh, head out. Okay. Anybody check on Boros or Amton? Yeah, we'll need to rouse them if they're not already awake. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think Boros is kind of a uh, half. Half asphyxiated from from the smoke and sort of stumbling around. Amton is still asleep. Pull him down to the ground and <laughs> okay. Gesture to him to have a cloth over his mouth or something. Cloth, mouth and nose. Uh, roll me a strength. Uh, make a normal strength roll. Um, normal strength roll. Drag Amton out of there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So takes a little pulling, but he's not that heavy. You managed to drag him out into the in room, at least. He he appears to be really out of it. 
uh, either he's he's slept and, and sucked in smoke or, uh, you know, he drank too much, whichever the case, or both. So you, you're stuck kind of uh, dragging him, you know, low across the floor. People out here are, uh, it's mainly Heimert who's running around in his nightshirt. Uh, like he's, he's throwing water, you assume, on uh, like a fire that's, that's essentially consuming the front of the inn facing the, the uh, courtyard, for lack of a better term, of the, you know, palisaded inn. You know, he's screaming at some of the other, the serving boys and girls and uh, some of the, the guests. And um, you can see that a couple of the other sleeping quarters are kind of being consumed by the flame in the, in the far corner. It's just smoky everywhere. In fact, both of you roll con. Ooh, I just made it. Excellent. Oh, I've made it fairly well. All right. You, you manage to take guarded breaths and you, you, you keep your, um, your breathing in smoke to a minimum. I think Heimert like turns around to you and he's like, "Get water, the well outside." All right, so we get M10 outside and get to the well. Okay, so there's an entrance uh, and it's kind of like just framed in fire. You're gonna have to like brave that or find a window. Is the window more out the front or out or more to the side of the building? It's still toward the the front, but uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna entail some more like throw Amtan out or something, or either's fine. Either's fine. You may get singed if you go through the door. It'll take a little more time if you go. Well, time's of the essence. I'm taking the door. All right, cool. So give me a dex. Excellent. Well done. You do really well, even though you have (laughs) your draggy Amtan. So you time it. Good, good, good. You're out in the courtyard. And now when, like, the the temporary glare from the fire uh, is, is passed, you see uh, a couple of people uh, kind of hauling buckets out of the well. Um, they appear to be guests, maybe maybe the barbarians you uh, you talked to earlier. The palisade gates are uh, open. The stables uh, are also have also been like ripped open, and the horses are missing. You can dump Amtan and go rush over to the water if you, if if that's your pr- uh, priority. Sigmund, you're still in the in the. <laughs> The turmoil in the in the in room. Do you want to brave the the entrance or the window? Yeah, I'm got the window. Cool. Okay, so it'll take you a little time, but it's far safer. Just helping them haul water isn't really like a big deal. Uh, roll situation. You can attempt to like put out the in as much as you can. The roof is completely engulfed. It was like thatch. So bad, bad situation. You're going to be able to help the majority of the building anyway. All of the the people helping. Sigmund, when you come out the window, you find you find uh, some find like a there a, a tinder box, like a, an open tinder box uh, that somebody stepped on, uh, and some like some tracks uh, in the in the dirt. Mm. I'll at least pick up the tinder box and at least make note of where the tracks are, and I'll try to follow them. But I, I'm expecting I'll have to have Yana do it afterwards. You can make the attempt for sure. Yeah, I'll make the attempt. Oh, look at that! Oh, wow. Okay, so when you roll a one and you don't have a skill level above twenty, or you know twenty or above, you roll again, and if it's your skill level or below, you have uh, managed to get a perfect success, which will give you a lot of a lot of extra goodies. So roll again, five or less. No. 
So it's, it's a success, uh, which more, maybe more than you expected anyway. It's not super hard to follow the tracks because, you know, you have a giant inn <laughs> lighting up the courtyard. But the tracks go off to the stables. They kind of mingle with all the tracks there and you kind of lose them. But you're pretty sure that uh, they went off to the horses, the section where the, um, that was empty when you ended up here. And uh, the, the, the entourage with the, the wealthy woman from your Pagna. That's where they would have put their, you know, they wouldn't have come on foot, right? They would have come with a cart or horses. So somebody ran up there and grabbed their horses or let them free. Okay. Uh, you know, I want to uh, observe what happened here. Ah, you want to do a vision? Yeah. <laughs> in the past. In the past. Okay. Second level will get you up to a day in the past. I don't have to go that far back. Uh, if you want to go back in time, if you don't want to observe something that's going on right now, uh, then it has to be second level. What if I just, I've got the tinderbox, so I want to know about the person, the former owner. Oh, nice, nice. That's a neat detail. Okay, so each level effect was the sorcerer. See one former owner or way of using the object. Okay, that's the first level. Okay, let's try that. A little better chance of success. Ooh. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> just say it. What do you do? Like mumble the the magic words, and it's a vision in your head, or how, how does concentrate it? Hold it out in front of me, and uh, close my eyes, and get the the vision of uh, the former owner. I got to be careful about the wording here, and I have to be generous because we're making roles in a role playing game. So yeah, I think uh, you see, uh, I think you see the priest in the night pulling out this tinderbox from a pack that doesn't appear to be his own. And he looks into it to make sure that all the stuff is there, closes it with a purpose, and then that's the vision. And it's the priest you talk to, obviously. Definitely was not up to any good. Yeah, and all that group is here now? Uh, you could count. But you see maybe one of them helping with the, the water buckets? I mean, obviously I'm looking first for him. Okay. Would you like to look for him conventionally, or would you like to scry for him? If I don't see him, then we'll resort to scrying. Well, give me a search. Yeah. Well, perhaps we'll resort to scrying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm... No? Okay. So, you look around for, for a bit, and uh, you come to the realization that, that uh, the pro fire probably didn't start up front. It probably started in one of the uh, sleeping quarters. Probably that's uh, they're the ones that are like the most burnt, and you're not seeing a whole lot of these uh, southerners. So it's possible that a good number of them were burnt, or or they're stuck in there, or they're being burned alive right now. You don't see him. All right, then I'll try to scry on him. Okay. And yeah, this should just just one person, so it should just be level one. That's all I need. Yes, yeah, just one instance. A person. Eh, uh, no. Okay. Scrying is denied. The magical confluences, the energy, they aren't agreeing with you. Yeah, it's getting woken up in the middle of the night. It's not... Uh... Yeah. Still costs you one side point. Psychic point. Yeah. By the time you're, like, done with all of that, the, the fire in the front is, well, I wouldn't say under control, but they've managed to limit its spread, right? So now it's simply burning out the, the guest quarters the two guest quarters that were mainly on fire 
and uh, like there's a collection of sooty and angry people uh, who maybe lost some belongings um, in there uh, in the in the courtyard, and Heimert's swearing. The noble woman, she there? Uh, no, she is not. Do you want to do you want to risk go inside? Going inside? Yeah, I'm not the action adventure. Jump in. I don't think it would be the heroic thing to do. Yeah. Once we've gotten some a little bit of control here in the front, we need to. Well, we need to see if there are people still alive in those guest quarters and see if they can be gotten out of there. So I've got a bucket. I could, if they're alive, I could give them first aid, but getting them out of there is... Uh... Yeah, you want to you wanna ta- tag Yana and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I think I got the, the Southerners. They must still be in there. Okay. Looking for somebody heroic. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf, you are not. <laughs> and he buggered off for half the adventure anyway. So. <laughs> you guys sort it out. I'll, I'll be back uh, later. <laughs> okay. He had important stuff to do, okay? <laughs> and then it was delayed. So let's not let's not be that way. <laughs> All right. So what what's your takeaway then, Yana? I dump one bucket over my head, and then I take another full one with me, and I'm heading for that guest quarters door low and banging on it and see if I get a response. Okay, so uh, you you make it into the main room, uh, the main in room. It's still smoky as hell. You can barely see anything. You can see that one of the, the guest quarters is, is pretty much completely immolated. The other one, it has like a... Um, it's not really a door so much as a uh, like a pelt or a curtain closing off the the sleeping quarter from the main room, and that's on fire. But you could rip that off. All right. Now, when you do, uh, more smoke comes out, and you can see like shapes on the floor. Pretty sure you recognize the um, couple of the uh, guards, essentially that that the priest was with, that was sitting on the other table, at, at the other table. Uh, you don't see the noble woman though, but Somebody has, uh, they're, they're like wall to wall, essentially. They share wall, these, these quarters. And some of the structure of the, um, of the, of the quarters have like collapsed in a bit. Like the roof has collapsed a bit. And so you, you could possibly like rip some of the, the adjoining planks like out. If you have your dagger, um, you could, you could work, uh, some of the planks loose and then rip them loose and, see if you could get at somebody in the next room uh, you don't see the woman here or you could attempt to save these uh people of course the guards well let's go to the first guard check his pulse is he still alive uh nope okay check the second guard yes i'm taking him out still alive barely yeah go with go with the one you've got in hand first so get him out and then evaluate a return Okay, so you uh, uh, give me a strength roll to like shoulder him out of there. What is my strength? Is it fourteen? Give me a give me a con roll first. Okay. So the con roll is a success, right? Now give me a strength roll. No. Oh. Okay. Roll again. One man down here alive. <laughs> Help me. Okay, so you just barely don't fumble. <laughs> yeah. You pull and you pull, and he's heavier than you thought. Uh, and you get kind of halfway to to outside when uh, the smoke is so 
thick now that you're going to have to crawl out uh, or have somebody come in and help you. So what do you do? Is the the fire around the door put out so like I could be like at the door kind of peering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could you could rush in. It's still smoky as. Yeah, I probably see him moving. Did he stop moving? Ah, God damn it, I got to go get him. <laughs> help me. So then I'll try to run in there and help him out. Okay, give give me uh, give me a strength roll, but plus five, so seventeen or better. Okay, you do it. Okay, so you manage to get Yana out. The poor uh, guard will have to be helped by someone else. Which I guess I guess I could roll for Heimert. Let's <coughs> One of the guards. He, he's in the main room. He's still alive. <coughs> I couldn't get him out. Hearing that, Heimert rushes in. Okay. Uh, Con roll. It's all right. He unfortunately <laughs> gets stuck in there. <laughs> this is the problem with people being heroes. They just end up adding to the victims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, since he made his con roll, I'd say that if he realizes it's too much, he can abort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still, he's, he's like uh, roaring from in there, like, help! And um, they're close enough to the entrance now that, that like, you know, some of the others can, like, reach him and pull the both of them out. But he very nearly bought it as well. Oh, dear. When, when the first dawn light comes, the uh, fire is over. The, a good half of the inn is completely singed. Uh, the guest quarters opposite yours across the inn room have been almost completely re- reduced to rubble. There are seared corpses in there. It's, it's ugly. Okay. Uh, I, sometime in the aftermath, I pray. Sit down with uh, Anna and uh, that shady priest guy. Uh, I think he started this. We must bring justice to him. Much vengeance must be laid at his feet. Bring him low. It would be better if we had the others with us. Or we'll do it alone if we have to. Yeah, well, but he's not here right now. Were you able to scry much of what he did? Is arson. I certainly got a vision of him with the tinder box, but I wasn't able to determine his location. Uh, can I just keep trying as long as I have side points? Can I try that again? After some time, yeah. I mean, it's, it's enough time has gone by that you'd be able to like concentrate again on the same target. So, sure. I'm I'm just generally not cool with like doing. Okay, I failed, so let's do it again. But now you've done other things in between, right? Yeah, that's why I didn't want to do it until I had some sort of. We're kind of in a different scene now, so it's. Uh, Ground has been very trampled, but maybe if we can find tracks. You're very good at tracking, though. Uh, I'll see if I can determine where he is. Uh, yeah, I succeed. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, you know, I think I'm going to give you the answer to the exciting uh, scrying next time. Look up and go, Yana, I have him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then let's go get him. Very cool. Uh, I hope you had a good time. It was a very good start. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, if all goes well, we can, you know, put this before John next time, see how... Um, how he likes it. We'll, we'll see how it develops. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. The, these silences are going long enough to make me think that 
what I'm saying is being dropped. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.